When you start your business, no one ever prepares you for what's in store. So finding someone else who just gets it is sometimes the thing that can keep you pushing toward that big business goal. We're turning our Zoom coffee chats into a weekly unfiltered podcast for online business owners. They were so good, we always wanted to record them and repurpose them for content anyways. And that's on being a social media manager. I'm Jessica Sheehy. And I'm Madeline Dygan. And this is Hashtag Managed. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Managed. Before we kick things off, we have to, of course, catch up like two online Instagram besties chatting IRL like we are now. So, hey, Madeline, how are you? How was your weekend? Hello. Hello. I'm good. This weekend, it was pretty good. I feel like I I don't have as many exciting things. I don't have yeah, as I did last week. But obviously, I watched the Grammys. That was awesome. I mean, that was inevitable that we're gonna be discussing the Grammys <laughs> and Taylor Swift's new album. But I also um, listened more, listened to more of the Jessica Simpson audiobook that I was telling you guys about. And oh my gosh, the tea. I finally got to the tea, like the tea, the tea, the tea. And I had forgotten that she dated John Mayer on and off. And I remind you all that she was dating him on and off when he also was playing with a girl, Taylor. And so she like, it just makes you go like realize too that what Taylor was saying in these songs about John Mayer is just like, oh, it all adds up. It all adds mm-hmm. up. So yeah, so that is, that was my weekend. <laughs> How was yours? I love that. I love that. And that is why I have that book on my TBR list. I need to, I need to read that. And yeah, my weekend was good. It was, of course, filled with watching the Grammys. and. That there were so many like really good takeaways. And as someone who I don't know if I shared this on the podcast before, but um, actually, I went to dinner with Ryan before we both sat down and planted our <laughs> selves on the couch for uh, Grammy's night. And so we were talking about it, but I was sharing with him and we I've for those of you who don't know, I met Ryan in high school. So we have like a very cliche, like high school sweetheart to marriage relationship, if no one knew that. Um, And so we always like learn new things about each other. Like Madeline and I every week uncover something new (laughs) in our friendship, which is so fun to do it here live on the podcast. But Ryan and I do it as well. And so we were talking about different things and the restaurant was playing like really unique music. And I feel like I have a really unique taste in music. I love all genres. Like there is not a genre that I would not listen to. Like to me, it's all about matching like what I'm doing or how I'm feeling or how I want to feel. Like I like to really curate a great playlist. I'm a huge Spotify fan. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to follow the show and give us a review as well. Always need a good shameless plug. (laughs) We're marketers. So we have to include that in. Um, But I really love music. And so one of my very first, I guess, entrances into marketing. I had a social media and PR internship for an indie music 
label. And it was so fun. Just there were so many unique artists who were just getting started and like really growing their careers. And so I learned a lot of like growth hacking on social media, like how to cultivate a community on social media because they represented artists like country artists in Nashville that were smaller indie artists, like other artists in like rock and pop and R&B like in LA and in other like cities like Atlanta. So it was really cool to learn how to, this was back in gosh, I don't even remember, like 2016, 2017. So Instagram back in the day, which was like really fun, right? It was curated pictures of our like lunch and our coffee and really crazy like filters, you know, when we would actually use those filters that still do exist, by the way, if you guys didn't know this, you can still use those filters on Instagram. No one's doing it. But hey, if you want to tap into it, you can. Um, So anyway, I have like a special place like with music. I feel like it really helped me get started in marketing and social media. And I learned a lot on like the PR side of things, which I think can really be helpful in marketing, but just as a business owner as well. And so I was super excited for the Grammys. And so, so many, so many takeaways from that, but I love a good award show that is filled with good fashion, good tea, good jokes from the host or the MC, (laughs) so many different things. And then, of course, I love to see what catches on in terms of memes after an award show, which I think we're, I think we're getting our fair share from the Grammys, but then to what Madeline alluded to, also from Taylor's big announcement as well with her new album. So that's been really interesting to see because that's gone a little bit more than I thought it would go on. First of all, you're so cool. Like, I did not, A, I didn't know that's how you and Ryan met. Second of all, you're, what? Like, you you guys, I'm the luckiest co-host in the world. I'm just like, what? And it, what? <laughs> so that's awesome. No, but I'm, music has always been very important to me too. And I, like you, again, maybe it's because, we're 90s babies where it's like we had we burned cds like you made a good playlist on a burnt cd mm-hmm. and i so i do i've actually started to incorporate spotify marketing into again you know how we keep talking about the scope work and doing more well this is one that i just i've just started to do because i think I think it translates beautifully into email marketing as well as social media marketing. And that is creating, having the client create a Spotify account and then, you know, creating playlists to incorporate into their email list and on their social media. And because it's just fun. It's it's one of those platforms where I even will tell clients, I'm not sure we can track how many followers there are you know, with how many people are listening, but this is really just to, I think, emphasize the brand voice, you know, where it's just fun. It's just fun. And yeah, but I love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, of course, you know, any, any unique way to like add on to our so busy schedules and never ending to-do list as a social media manager. Yeah. But I love that because I think, and I actually just wrote this down guys, because I am working with a new client and I am like 
yes, we need a curated playlist for this client because it's 100% their vibe. So I'm like, I'm going to pitch this to them. This is going to be such a groundbreaking idea. And I'm just, I'm going to just do it for them. <laughs> no matter I what. Love, include it. Yep. Include it in. But I was talking to the team a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about because I think it was probably it pop, probably popped up, you know, on my feed way back when of um, the pasta company Barilla, which mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the way you pronounce it, who does the playlist by the type of noodle that you're boiling. And it's yep. a curated, like a perfect Italian cooking mix of songs to equal the perfect boiling time for an al dente noodle. And I love that. That's chef's kiss. That That's... We're only a few minutes into this week's episode. I'm like, brilliant idea. <laughs> That's uh-huh. such a good idea. You, yeah, you got you and Harmony. One of our first calls, I feel like Harmony was the one who mentioned that, and I was just like, that is so cool. No, I did not know that, and because yeah. I had I had already been doing a little bit of Spotify marketing with clients, and then of course me hearing that I then went down a rabbit hole of then stalking other brands that I love because that's again I think as marketers we do that where anthropology again it's just like things companies like that that I start to then go down the rabbit hole of like do you have Spotify what ooh, what are you doing what are you doing mm-hmm. J Crew is yeah. another one I feel like J Crew honestly was what mm. was the company that even started the hamster turning in my brain that made no yeah. sense but we're gonna roll with it um <laughs> so yeah j- seeing j crew having a spotify playlist and that was that's been years ago so maybe mm-hmm. they were ahead of their time as well or their marketers yeah. were yeah oh i love that okay i definitely need to check out the j crew playlist because i can already like i'm gonna i'm gonna guess a couple of songs that i think are gonna be on it i'm just gonna gamify it for myself and then i'm gonna go and see what's actually on pull, the playlist. yes i think that would I'm be actually i'm pulling it up now if you want to take a guess perfect i don't know okay tell me i'm leaning towards I hope I'm leaning on the right track, but I'm really leaning towards like a coastal grandmother sense for the playlist. Like I want to curate the perfect like breezy sunny day. And so when I think about the songs that I've got my J Crew like cable knit sweater on, maybe some pixie shorts, I'm really like curating the whole vibe here. <laughs> I've got that going. But in terms of songs and artists, I feel like I want to like lean into oh my goodness I'm like I feel like I'm really put on the spot here but I I do listen to a playlist on Spotify called Coastal Grandmother and it has like the most upbeat you know um like best movie like vibes I can't even think about like the movies that those songs are in um but what are a couple of the artists who are featured on the playlist so funny enough, so I pulled up J. Crew and with their profile. So they have a profile, but what I'm looking at is I'm not seeing here I, I spoke too soon, but they don't I don't see any playlists that are available. Interesting. Oh, interesting. So I feel like this is an opportunity for you and I to be pitching to some of these big client or big people because yeah. 
I'm not seeing anything. Let me go to you. But yes, I think I think you were spot on and that should be they should take that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. I'm confused take my, now. Take my suggestion. I mean, really just look up any Nancy Myers movie. Yes. And oh my gosh. Yes. From that soundtrack. Boom, J. Crew playlist. Like yep. Madeline and I have already curated it <laughs> for You're you, welcome. which I think is yep. yeah. Which I think is so fun. But I think that's I think that's really fun for um it's such a really unique way to like engage with your audience. So even like if you have like a you know, like a brick and mortar or like a boutique or a salon, of course, have a curated playlist for your store. And like if you have a salon, I went to a nail salon a few days ago and they like I don't know who was in charge of the playlist but they kept skipping over so many songs and I know when I go to like get a blowout like I always hear them like skipping over a song too I'm like okay you're playing from a radio you're playing something let's just curate the playlist a little bit better Mm -hmm. and you know make it make it fun I think also too like if you don't have a store or a brick and mortar to like play and blast the music like to madeline's point send it out in an email post it on instagram stories like a new song you just added like i think we need a hashtag managed like collective spotify playlist like you know listen to this when you're creating content listen to this when you're scrolling pinterest like we could really curate a lot of really good vibes from that oh yeah Oh, yeah. And the Buzzing Blonde, I have one and I've started to create some playlists. So be sure everyone to go follow that if you want. But you just made me think of again, I'm coming for Kimber, my hairstylist. Like, this is a note. Harmony, we need to cut this out so then I can post it. And I'm like, yeah, you need to be our sponsor. Anyways. (laughs) So Kimber, actually, the owner, she from the very beginning and I remind you guys that I started with Kimber when she was just in a suite like you know now she has this huge salon but ever since I started going to her she always had an amazing playlist and I would I would tell her I'm like I need this playlist I need this playlist and she'd just be like it's just like my playlist like whatever and I was like no you need to like actually post these or whatever and I just got my email from her yesterday and they have a galentine's day one i was like genius and it was in her email so again where especially for salons listening absolutely and yeah you need to take the personally i also think you need to take the time to curate it because Mm -hmm. right don't just be like throwing out like you know random songs so right put thought to right you know yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you would, you know, curate the perfect songs on Instagram Reels or on TikTok. Okay, I'm alluding to the topic, but we probably are already going to put it or some sort of indicator in the title of this episode. We're going to talk really about this as we get deeper into the episode. Um, but before we do that, we have a couple of fun segments that we do every week here on the show. Madeline, do you want to kick us off for this week's water cooler segment? I absolutely do. Okay, so this week, the our listener member says, how the heck are you guys niching down? I'm struggling so much to narrow my niche down and keep changing it. It was small business owners and female entrepreneurs, but I just feel like it's too broad. So I did Dennis, but now I'm realizing I'd be pretty bored working with just Dennis. I, am, I truly am stuck, but I see how it could help me get more leads. You came to the right person. 
you the right people. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start if that's okay. But yeah, I knew I knew I needed to niche when I took some time to reflect in 2020 after realizing the majority of my clients were beauty professionals and brands. So when I first started The Buzzing Blonde, I too originally was marketing myself as a social media manager for small businesses, more specifically brick and mortars, which is also how I believe I first picked up so many salons because again, brick and mortar. But also before I niched, I was saying, I was honestly saying yes to every single lead that came through my inbox. Inbox, And funny enough, I had an orthodontist who I said yes to, but then realized creating content for an orthodontist didn't excite me. And that was when that whole reflection started. And that's when I knew it was time to niche to small business owners who worked in the beauty industry. Because again, I, I took a moment to reflect and I was like, all of my clients besides this orthodontist are beauty professionals. So anyways, so my advice to you, dear reader, or rather dear listener, is to take some time to reflect. If creating content for a dentist excites you, then own that niche. Um, I know in your event you said you're getting bored, but maybe you just haven't found the right dentist to work with. And of course, I read this before. Um, Jessica and I always have our notes before a podcast. And I feel like I sh- we should share, like I should share that with you all too, because it's like, to prep for it, you know, but mm-hmm. I did a quick Google research because I was like, there has to be different type of dentists out there. And uh, yes, let me tell you. So mm-hmm. again, not every dentist, just like not every beauty professional or brand is for me. Cause again, you got to attract your dream clients. Every industry has different specialties. So maybe, so maybe you're just not working with the right dentist. And, and again, it comes back to there was probably a reason why you chose, like, were you getting a lot of dentist inquiries, leads, you know? So maybe you'd enjoy working with a cosmetic dentist or a kid's dentist mm-hmm. or an orthodontist. Like, there are so many specialties in the teeth industry, I guess. Um, and I'll also let you know that even when you do decide to niche, there will be potential clients who reach out to you who aren't in your niche. I still have clients who aren't in the beauty industry who reach out to me because they mm-hmm. like they like me, they like my vibe, and, and they've told me that. And it's given me the power to still hop on a discovery call because that's just networking too, you know, where it's like it's all, I never want – any of my followers to think, you know, obviously I'm getting a lot of leads from Instagram, but just because you come across my page and see like beauty, industry, wellness, whatever, I shouldn't say whatever. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Like people are, I still get clients and that's what I'm alluding to is that even if you do niche, there will still, your, your dream clients are still going to come to you. I'm a big believer in fate and it's just like, what's meant for you is going to be for you. Mm-hmm. So I hope that helps. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's spot on. And I think the point to, you know, niching down and 
owning that niche. So many good things. And that's why I selfishly pulled from the group for this one, because I knew Madeline's experience niching into beauty brands would be a really great piece of advice. And I think this is the main topic. If you guys didn't know, but hashtag manage existed pre, you know, our 2024 era. And so Madeline was on the podcast, I want to say it was episode like 37. That sounds about right. Um, in terms of episode numbers. But again, you can go to hashtagmanage.com and search all of those past episodes. But we've really talked about that. So if you guys have no idea about that story, about that episode, you know, shameless plug to go listen to that one (laughs) as well. But I think definitely, you know, leaning into why you chose to go into that niche in the first place. And again, that's still a really broad group of business owners that you are working with, you know, really lean into the different avenues, the different specialties that they have, because there are so many. And if you're really feeling bored, maybe it's around like how you're managing those accounts. Maybe there's a way that you could switch up the creative work that you're doing or the content creation or the community management, even though, you know, I think a lot of times, it seems like, oh, okay, they're just in healthcare. They're just a dentist. Like they're a client that someone is going to probably go to for life or like a long extended period of time that they're living in that general vicinity as the dentist. And so there's going to be a really strong customer base for that client that you have. So you can definitely lean into that. And that being said, there's a lot of ways that you could really shake up that content. And while you might not be specifically pulling into a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast, you know, we're going to talk about some things that went viral post Grammys. Last week, we talked about the Elmo meme. You might not specifically pull in things like that, but you can pull in some things that are super fun as well to really shake that up. So I think that can go for this instance. And anyone else really contemplating niching down and or being feeling bored with a niche? I was going to add one thing to that because, yeah, like the orthodontist that I was working for, I had to – I think what the challenge for me was their target audience was at the time Gen Z but also – the alpha generation now that I think about it and I had never marketed to that audience before granted I do believe I came up with some really good ideas so I'll I'll share one now but think about when you had braces okay I also learned at this time that kids really aren't having awkward stages anymore because the orthodontist <laughs> informed me that majority of kids get Invisalign now and I was like what what mm-hmm. What do you mean they don't have a mouthful of wire what mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so 90s babies crying right yeah now, no, that, <laughs> it literally hurt my feelings when he told me that I was just like what Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so anyways, but there were still kids who were getting the wires. And I was like, okay, we should lean into because I recall and remember, it was so excited. It was so exciting to pick out your rubber bands, you know, like the colors that mm-hmm. you're gonna have on your teeth. And he's like, Oh, yeah, kids yeah. still love that. They like, they'll do it like, based on their school colors and things like that. And I was like, Okay, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to mm-hmm. lean into. Um. But yeah, there there really is. Like now that I'm like reflecting back, I maybe maybe I do want a dentist. No, not really. But 
it, you can have fun with any industry as long as you understand that target audience, which I know we all know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yep. It always comes down to understanding the target audience. I think that's one thing. I know Madeline and I agree on a lot of things, but you know, we really agree on knowing that audience and that is how you can kind of take that and run with it. So that I think is really good advice. So if you guys we would love to hear if you are in any other industry that you think is maybe random or you're thinking about niching into anything, definitely feel free to write in for our water cooler segment. Just join hashtag um, collective on Facebook, free Facebook community that you can join and submit your submit your submission. And then that way we can hear from that. But we do have so many other posts in that group of people who I see all the time. Hey, I work with doctors. I work with surgeons. I work for med spas. I work for car dealerships. I work for landscaping companies. We have so many social media managers in there. So if you're feeling like, okay, so many people niche to this specific boutique category or to this specific, you know, food and Bev, but I'm not finding my people, join the hashtag Manage Collective on Facebook and you'll find your people in there for sure. So shameless plug to join the Facebook group. And going into our next segment, show me the numbers. We're really leaning into the data that our friends over at Later, I say friends because we love and use the Later app around here at hashtag managed. And you know, this segment might seem like it's sponsored, but it's definitely a non-spawns <laughs> segment. So, hey, maybe one day we will get some really cool partnerships. We are calling those into existence on the show in 2024. But we're going to keep going into a big theme of this episode is TikTok. And we're going to keep getting into it as we get later and deeper into the episode. But let's kind of keep it along the same lines of when is the best time to post on TikTok in 2024? So if you haven't listened or you missed our most recent episodes, we talked about the best time to post on Instagram two posts ago or two episodes ago, posts ago. I'm such a social media manager. It's <laughs> talking posts <laughs> two episodes ago. Um, last week's episode, we talked about how many pieces of content you should share on Instagram, on feed, and on stories, depending on your size of account. And so this week, talking about the best time to post on TikTok in 2024. So again, our friends at Later analyzed so much data. And if you did listen to those episodes, Madeline and I shared that there are so many factors, and we'll dive into those that can really affect it. But they share that the best time to post on TikTok is Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. PST, which I think this is such an interesting time to share because I think typically a lot of social platforms are always recommending, okay, post in the morning, post early morning, you know, be that first post on the feed. And so, you know, we're both located in Eastern time zone. So, you know, that is, that's 1 p.m. for us in the middle of the day, Monday to Friday. And I don't know about you guys, but on Friday at 1 p.m., I'm already starting to check out for the weekend. Like I'm self-employed. Fridays are my days. I'm wrapping up loose ends. 1 p.m. I might be sending out my final email, putting up a final post or whatnot. I don't know if I'm actually consuming content or, you know, trying to get things live for the, you know, for Friday or the weekend at 1 p.m. So I think that's really interesting, but I think it goes into 
you know, goes without saying, really think about your audience and when they're on TikTok. And then of course, if you have a business TikTok account, really look at the data of when people are online, when they're consuming content, and then think about how are they consuming content on TikTok, right? They're probably searching, scrolling through the For You page, they're scrolling through their following page. So they're going to be shown a lot of content, right? TikTok's algorithm is so unique, so different than Instagram's. So this is a really interesting time. Madeline, what do you have to add to that? Anything that you would share around that that data? No, I mean, you you nailed it. Every like, every, again, you're in my brain. That's especially with the Fridays, because you're just like, we're both on Eastern, Eastern time. The one thing that I will say that listening to you just now made me think about, and this lives rent free in my mind. And I actually have been wanting to, and I will make a post about this. But something that ha- that lives rent free in my mind and has lived rent free in my mind since college, and I don't know if kids are saying rent free anymore, but it just feels <laughs> right right now, is the five reasons, the five psychological reasons why people share. And of course, now that I'm saying it, like I can't like tell you guys exactly, but one is, you know, People want to feel they are knowledgeable. So like if people like back in the day, Facebook, I know Facebook is still a thing, but I'm talking like 2016, like, okay, social media prime Mm -hmm. time and how Mm -hmm. people would be sharing articles because again, they wanted to come across as I'm smart. Like I'm reading this kind of like even when we talk, discuss books, like I personally if you were to ask somebody, what's the last book you read? And they're going to tell me the last book I read was in high school. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm low-key low key judgy in the best loving way, but I'm like low-key judgy. But that's just because I'm such a book person. And so mm-hmm. like I feel like that it, that's the same energy. Like that's the same energy of like sharing articles on Facebook gifts, you know, where it's like yeah. – And then the other reason being like to laugh to be entertained. So again, I'm going to look this up. I will find the actual five reasons, but I just know for a fact that there are five and it all has to do with like psychology. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about my target audience for majority of my clients and even myself where it's like, it's a, like, I don't know when you're, you're consuming Jessica, but I'm consuming TikTok right before bed. I'm obviously trying to be better about mm-hmm. like turning my phone off, like come 8 p.m. So again, mm-hmm. that speaks volumes. And I do believe that I I believe that eventually one topic you and I are actually going to be discussing more about is how social media managers are leaning into mental like habits around mental health and because for instance, sorry if this is going kind of all over the place right now. I promise it it all mm-hmm. ties in. But one one podcast that I actually listen to and feel like sharing right now is it's called the Ever the Every Girl, and it's from it's the Every Girl podcast, and it's with the Every Girl account mm-hmm. blog. It's one of yeah. the OG blogs, okay, and yeah. it's two co-hosts. It's their wellness. Um, 
editor, Josie is her name, I believe, and I can't remember her co-host, but her co-host is it lives in Chicago. And also if they're listening to this, like I love you guys, like <laughs> love you guys. But the co-host who whose name I cannot remember right now, she has written a blog post. She deletes all social media apps during the week, deletes them all. And then we'll Mm -hmm. re-download them on the weekend. And I just, that has, again, just blown my mind. I'm like, I wish I could do that. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Obviously can't. That's that's not the career for me. But where I'm going with that is with the sharing. I... I don't know. Maybe I'm getting very off off track right now, but no, this is good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's something to consider because it's so different for for everyone. Like people are people are consuming, and I think even too like they're consuming content at different times. Like even for me, like the different seasons. Like right now where I live, it is so cold. So I'm probably on my phone a whole lot more than mm. you will see my screen time in July as it should be. But I think that can really affect it too. No, that's yes. Yes, that's a good point. So really in conclusion, no, everything Jessica said, you can just skip past my rambles. (laughs) If you're like, what (laughs) are you saying, Madeline? No, so good. No, so good. And so, so good to think about. I was talking to a client today and we were just talking about how, you know, in Madeline and I are really putting some time and effort into properly researching and planning for an election year episode. It will come really timely in the next couple of weeks whenever we feel 100%. And it might be like multiple part because an election year is a year. There's a lot of things that go into it. So I could see that happening as well. But we want to make sure that we can share our best take and advice for it. So that's why we are working on it and haven't seen it too. And so that will come to life really, really soon. But that being said, you know, that really affects how people consume content on social media, whether they are, you know, unplugging, whether they are trying to escape, you know, by way of social media content that they're following. So, so many different things to consider. And so I think one thing when it comes to, you know, even just this data around TikTok and the data around Instagram, it's really important to look at data, data from the social media platforms, from schedulers, because they have access to so many accounts using their tool for data collection, looking at your own data and the insights of your account. There's so much data that I think sometimes it can be overwhelming with one, you know, how do I read this? How do I take it and turn it into a social media strategy? But at the end of the day, you just really have to give yourself a whole lot of grace, to be honest, when it comes to social media, whether you're a social media manager like us, maybe you're a business owner listening to this podcast, looking for some advice or just, you know, want to follow along on the fun when it comes to social media. But consider your audience, consider what they're going through, what they need, and also consider the data and make an informed decision based off of that. And from there, you can learn, adjust, you can test different times. And from that, you might find data that's completely different than 10 a.m. PST. You know, for you, you might see better results at 10 p.m. PST. I don't even know. I'm just throwing out random times here. Uh, for us on the East Coast, I will for sure be in bed by that time. But I'll see your post <laughs> the next morning. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> I do, do log in. Um, but yeah, just really consider that data and take it with a grain of salt. 
look at it with your data, and then think about your audience at the end of the day, I think is the point that Madeline and I are both sharing here. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, I feel like for our third and final segment on my feed, this is one that there, honestly, guys, there is so much stuff on my feed right now. I'm a little overwhelmed this week and we're recording this episode in the middle of the week. Um, So we record, you know, of course, the week ahead that we publish this. And so there's just so much happening. There's so many trends. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little overstimulated with all of the content that's happening. But we are dead smack in the middle of the time post Grammys, which so much content has come from that. We are leading up to the big game on Sunday, so from when we're recording. And of course, this episode will come out after the big game, so our you know takes and things from that will, will come in the following week. Don't worry, it'll still be pretty timely with that. Um, but there's just so much stuff happening, and I am loving the big emphasis on all of the different big companies, big brands that we follow and how they are preparing for their big game ad. And so I didn't look this up. And so we'll, we'll talk about this next week when we really dissect the big game and everything that comes from that. Of course, we've got to know our if our predictions came true and you know how we're all doing on our big game uh, bingo card, which by the way, follow us at hashtag manage to play along and to see that card come to fruition. But with that being said, you know, there's so many brands that are advertising for the first time, which I think is huge. Um, But there's so many brands that are doing really big things that to me, I feel like they're pulling out all the stops in 2024, which is interesting. Um, So that being said, one thing before I share what's on my feed is I don't know if you guys are listening, and I'm sure Madeline has heard of this as well. But if you're listening, I don't know if you've heard of the lipstick theory. Right now, this is the number one video on my TikTok for you page. And I love it. I love how so many people are talking about it. I think there's a lot of really good lessons to come from it. So if you haven't heard about the lipstick theory, it dates back to a really, really long time. You know, back in like World War II when women were joining the workforce and money was tight. It was an economic downturn, recession. I don't know if there's a specific economic word (laughs) for that there, Um, but they were still splurging on lipstick. That was the one necessity. And I'm saying it's a necessity that they needed to have in their life, which I'm here for it. I love it, right? They're reaching for whatever their go-to lipstick is. Um, And so that is something that, you know, history repeats itself. You know, economics are a cycle. History is a cycle. And so we can really learn. And, And of course, we are in a completely different time now than we were, you know, years and years ago in that time. But the lipstick effect is a retail and economic theory that suggests consumers suggesting that they're cash strapped are more likely to purchase affordable luxury brand lipsticks, lips products, so lip balms, lipstick, lip oil, right? A big emphasis on that. I feel like every brand all of a sudden has a lip oil in the start of 2024, but they are purchasing those products. So I wanted to emphasize that because that is one thing, again, that is on my feed. It's taking up 
so much time, but we are going to see so because we're seeing it already across our feeds you know all of the big brands are really leaning into their social advertising dollars into lip products lip balm lipstick lip oil lip scrub lip mask right mm-hmm. it's it's everywhere i'm seeing it in cross it's kind of like is it safe to say it's the stanley cup effect of lipstick i'm seeing like if not I'm- more right like every creator every influencer is like showing off all of the lipstick do you agree madeline oh yeah also where did you ever watch Mad Men? like that is yes. one of my comfort okay so like i'm just like yeah. that if you guys are unaware of never watch Mad Men, i i'm are you even a marketer like <laughs> but because one of the best compliments my husband has ever given me and it was when we first started dating because again I was in college my senior year and he mm-hmm. just started watching Mad Men and he was like you're Don Draper and I was just like the fact that he compared me to Don instead of Peggy I was just like okay, you're not wrong sir like you're not wrong thank you for acknowledging mm-hmm. that but um seriously one of my favorite episodes is the whole lipstick effect um mm-hmm. I completely agree though I and again since I since the beauty industry is my niche like it uh, I'm so, I'm so happy that this is on your feed as well because mm-hmm. again I didn't know what Jessica was going to share that was on her feed this week so Yes, and I'm a yeah. va- so here's a little bit here's a fun fact for you, Jessica, and our listeners. So I have always been a red lipstick girly. So I went to private school for 13 years of my life. So I wore a uniform for 13 years of my life. And the only way to express oneself was with like headbands. We were lucky we got to um choose the shoes we wore some private schools you can only wear like Mm -hmm. brown leather shoes no we were allowed to Mm -hmm. wear like any tennis shoe we wanted and so when I got to call or college high school obviously I started to express myself more with makeup and I would wear red make or red lipstick I got made fun of so like jokes on all you girlies but (laughs) I also had a blog that was called red lips never lie who knows where that is on the internet now but (laughs) there you go fun fact for all of you so I am a I am a lipstick girly and lipstick will save the world in my opinion Mm -hmm. yes yeah it it, it will it will and so I love that so that is all over my feed I love that everyone is you know, being brought on to what the lipstick theory is, because I think even if you're, you know, shout out to our male listeners, because I know that listenership is growing. We have some awesome people in the Facebook group who are there. Of course, you know, we have, um, I'm sure Ryan is probably plugged into his AirPods now listening as well. So, um, which he's a marketer as well. So he very much knows the theory and big Mad Men fan as well. He's the one who actually told me about Mad Men like years and years ago. He's like, you have to watch this. So sold of course I will don't tell me twice to binge a show and mm-hmm. of course fell in love with watching it and but you know it's it's such a good theory and so you know I'm really interested to see right now being in this week between you know the, uh, leading up to the big game we are seeing so many advertisers start with their 
ad campaigns, you know, they're teasing what's coming on 211 and what's happening. They're leaning into updating their websites to really be an activation of what's going on, you know, in-store activations are starting to happen. And of course, on social media as well, right? So all departments in marketing and advertising are really speaking to each other. So I'm nerding out because I love this. I mean, you know, it it is the Super Bowl, but like, this is my Super Bowl when Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm, starts to happen. mm -hmm. You guys are like, no, this is the Super Bowl, but this is my Super Bowl, (laughs) the marketing side of it, because it's so fun. And so it's also fun if you listen last week, we shared our prediction so I'm like I'll see an ad or on TV or I'll see an ad on social media and I'm like oh yeah I'm right oh no Madeline was right oh no we're both wrong like what's happening there's so many it's a roller coaster of emotions um but so many things for that so you know leaning into that and so with that my feed is covered with so many different things but I'm really loving to see all of the beauty brands and how they are leaning into so many things. Um, You know, there's so many makeup brands. One thing, and this is where I was telling Madeline before we recorded, like she said, we do notes before we do every episode. I think maybe five minutes before we both even jumped on to even do our like pre-episode chat. I'm like, okay, what am I going to pull in for on my feed? Because there's so much stuff. And so So many brands are sharing some awesome things. So I'm really excited to see how brands are going to partner with celebrities in terms of that, how they're going to partner in store activations. It's going to be so fun. But I really want to know, you know, what is going to be the overall content? I think that lipstick theory is going to really play. It's going to play into what we're being shown ads wise in terms of that. And so the last thing that I'll share before I pass it over to Madeline's feed is I was on a call with a client this morning and we were talking about they're not a beauty brand at all. They are a consumer packaged goods company. And we were talking about what is their lipstick of their products and how can they lean into that? And so with that, like, how can we lean into their customer base, you know, wanting that little luxury in a time of economic downturn? And how can we lean into that effect? So I think it goes beyond so many different things. And I think it's a fun thing as well that you can think about as a social media manager, well, what's my service that's a quote unquote lipstick for that I can offer that I know, no matter what's happening, my people can turn to. And I think you can really think that through for your clients as well, especially in different strategy sessions that you're having with them talking about what's working, what's not working, lean into that lipstick theory and how it's affecting how people are buying, but also how they're consuming. And I think that weaves into like social media consumption as well. Yeah, no. I, I have one thing to say before I jump into my feed. What a year, though, for the be- the beauty businesses who have decided to spend thousands, if not millions of dollars on an ad. This is their year because think about – I've already told Brennan this. I was like, I guarantee – and I think I said this on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. But this year, I guarantee, is going to be the most viewed Super Bowl solely because of our queen. I'm sorry. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it. but like. I really do. And so how awesome is it for the women who are actually going to be watching the big game and it's actually they're going to see the ads that. Yeah, that are for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. Yeah. 
But speaking of our queen, so obviously we all like we all know what's on on Maddie's feed here, and that <laughs> is TS Eleven, um, mm-hmm. the tortured poet. See, it's too long of a name now. Like I keep thinking, I keep seeing funny TikToks about it too, where it's like people are like, "So the Dead Poet Society," and obviously not yeah. that. But yeah. you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. That has been on my feed. Um, and actually right before um, Jessica and I popped on – popped on, what am I saying? Before we pressed the record button, we were talking about just in general um, when to hop onto the meme moment, memeable moment, and like when is it too late? And so I think, for instance – we were talking about like the Travis and Taylor meme, the one of her whispering in his ear, um, kind of mm-hmm. was overshot, right, Jessica? You would say, um, yeah, the same. But it's driving me crazy because I I'm like looking up what is the album called? Why why can't I think of the Tortured Poet Department? Thank you. Sorry, mm-hmm. I like had to. Yep. Look, I was like, "What is this?" So, the tortured poet department. Um, I think Ulta has done a beautiful job again. Where it's like, I think there are some company. I I love seeing them, but mm-hmm. I don't know when. When is it time to not hop on? Especially as social media managers, you know, where it's just like trying to get a client's approval. Do you just miss it? That's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so okay, that was that's been on my feed. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention, and that is the Apple Vision Pro. The the tech geek in me, I want one so bad, but you can and you too can have one for a a small penny of $3,499. You also can do a 12-month plan you know of $291.58 but some of you guys might be wondering what it's is it just like meta's why can't I think of it we even have one yeah what are they called are they oh god I don't know the oculus the oculus like like binoculars yes no so and obviously (sighs) I don't know. It's just, it's, you guys need to look it up. Maybe we should put it in the show notes too. But like, obviously it's Apple. Like, I think this is epic. There hasn't been something like this since Steve Jobs has passed on. Like, this to me feels very like he would be proud of this. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, what we'll get into in the rest of this episode and also with our election episodes, it's just like the scary reality of AI, but also like we're just kind of both tech, like we are tech people. Like to me, this, it is cool. Like, and I think you, as marketers, you have to take that with a grain of salt, you know, like, and very much, very much. You have to educate yourself on the pros and cons of things like this. But again, this Apple Vision Pro seamlessly blends digital content with your physical space so like i i have the website pulled up right now and i'm like watching this lady where it's just (laughs) like she has it on you know and 
she can see, she can watch things, she can read articles. And one of the articles I was reading about is, yeah, people are start are wearing them out, like out in public. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if yeah. I ever would because I'm already clumsy enough. Like, <laughs> I don't need that. But people are saying that they're wearing them to sports games. And oh, interesting. I'm just like, okay. It is interesting because if you think about it, we are on our phones while we're watching things. But again, that to me, I'm like, that is dangerous too because again, we're trying to multitask, do so many things at once. Right. But Brendan and I have this conversation all the time. By the time we have kids, like this is the new wave of business, I think, in like classes. It's just, are you an early Mm -hmm. adapter to it? You know, yeah, um, yeah. I don't. It, it's really cool. Like I, and I, I also remind you all that um, Brennan, when that first Oculus came out, he went and decided to buy it without informing me. We were not married at the time, but I was so I was like, excuse me, you paid, you paid how much without without what? And then of course he was like, but it's for us, babe. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, is it? And honestly, yeah. like it, it's awesome. He, we also talk about how like um, fitness classes because he's he'll like box with the Oculus and mm-hmm. yeah. So that yeah. is what has been living on my feed. Yeah, I love that. No, I love that you. I love that you pulled um, the the Apple's Vision Pro in because I I'm amazed by the capability of it. The price tag has me yeah. okay. I don't know if I'll be an early adopter to it um you know I I'm not even uh you know as a social media manager and someone who's on their phone far too much I don't even get the new iPhone when the new iPhones come out same kind of to Madeline's same, point actually I'm clumsy and I think also I just love like my routine and I love my phone and I have everything perfect and I don't want to mess it up and I just know how it works so well and so I am I'm probably always like two years behind like I'm two years behind and then I'll like I'll break it I'll get the new one but then Apple will probably come out with the next one maybe like four months later so I'm kind of I'll I'll stay up to date, but then I'll quickly get outdated with <laughs> with how fast it comes. But um, but it is it is really interesting, and I think you know this goes into the conversation that I know both of both of us want to have with just kind of the I guess social responsibility as social media marketers in terms of like the work that we're doing and the impact of social media on our own mental health on, you know, on the mental health of the people who are seeing the content we're creating. I think that's such a big thing that we hold into our hands. Of course, you know, cultivating a great platform that one day, like when we both have kids in there on the platform, I think that's really important. And I think this goes, you know, too with with AI. AI was something that, I mean, it's been around for a long time. It's, it's had, it has uses in so many different ways. And, you know, some companies have more advanced AI. I, some are, you know, working on advancing theirs quickly, but we're seeing it in so many different areas. I mean, the tool, we record our podcast on Riverside. It's a recording tool. If you're ever needing to record a podcast, a webinar, anything, definitely check it out. We love using it. It's so fun to record in. And they have an AI tool 
as well. Like they'll they'll clip up certain parts of the audio. It doesn't always get it right. I mean, we have we have a harmony on our team who can edit the show to perfection. So, you know, we will always leverage harmony for that over AI. There's some certain things that just need a human touch, but AI is integrated into our lives and I think will continue to be. So I love that. I'm, I'm interested to see how it evolves and just even though it is a big price tag, I think there's so many different things that kind of come out. Like I don't necessarily want to like relate it to like Peloton circa 2020, but I kind of do a little bit in terms of seeing like that's a, you know, that's a high cost thing. I know I in 2020 when we were all like stuck at home and you know I'm like cycling like I think I had a $180 like cycle stationary bike off Amazon versus Peloton right because I'm like okay how many times am I actually going to use this right I'm not going to actually get the thing and of course you know Peloton's company in a whole went through a lot in, in 2020 so we're not going to get into that but I think you know really kind of adopting things at different times is really interesting to see how it goes and I think that goes with social platforms like when Clubhouse came out when like Threads Lemonade like so many different like things that happen and then of course you know Apple's Vision Pro but also to like memes I think kind of thinking about where you want to be on that scale of, you know, innovator to early adopter to, you know, just kind of waiting and seeing what everyone else is doing. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just about making like the best decision based off the tech or the trend or whatever in terms of integrating it. You just always beautifully say what I'm trying to say in the most elegant way. Yes. Yep. Exactly. No, and I will say this too about the one other comment I want to make about because the marketing behind the Apple Vision Pro, again, I highly, I went down a whole rabbit hole about it because again, Steve Jobs is one of my, and I don't know about you, Jessica, but like just entrepreneur in general, like, Mm -hmm. yes, he got fired from his company and, you know, people said he was not always the nicest person, but he had Mm -hmm. a vision and he like- He gave us so like I'm using a Mac Air Mac MacBook Air right now, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm such an Apple person. And another conversation Brent and I often have is is our Apple products actually the best? Maybe mm-hmm. not, but like it's that loyalty, it's that branding that I'm just like I can never. There's been so many yeah. times where recently I actually really, really, really want a flip phone. Like I want it so bad because I want to go down memory lane and actually see if like is the Google Pixel phone mm-hmm. better camera better than yeah. Apple. But anyways, um, they did say that it's very lightweight. I for I can't remember now, mm-hmm. but it's like maybe one and a half pounds like so it's very light where it's like the oculus that again where i feel like there's been so like google came out with something meta came out with all these like head pieces and in one of the articles i was reading it it was saying how this is going to be like make or break essentially mm-hmm. for this ar new ar reality yeah and i again i i do believe that apple probably has nailed it and Again, I have not put it on, but I would like to believe that the people working at Apple, like when producing this, when 
constructing this, they were like, they had Steve Jobs' mind in the back of their mind be like, no, mm -mm." like being their hardest critic of, nope, that's not right. Nope. Mm -hmm. Make it lighter. Make it lighter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, no, I think it's so cool. And I, I agree. I'm a, I'm a loyal Apple user. I have been for the longest time. Um, like I have, I have every Apple product. Well, I don't have the Apple Vision Pro, like, <laughs> you know, but I, um, I, I guess I also don't have the AirPods Max. I'm, I'm more of an AirPods girl than a, yeah. than a headphone girl anyway. So I guess that's probably part of that. Um, and also to the price tag, let's be real, Apple, mm-hmm. we need to work on that. Uh, lipstick theory for Apple. Where is it? Where's that at? <laughs> we can get that back to HQ, that would be great. Um, But yeah, no, I'm the same way. And it's funny, because so many other people like family, you know, they, some of my family uses Apple products, and then some do not. And some do, but they kick and scream by using it. They're like, this is terrible. My Samsung was better, all these things. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Like, I, I love I love my iPhone. Like, let me airdrop it to, you know, like, to me, I just feel more connected. I, I like the user experience of the Apple products, which I think is probably where the Apple Vision Pro will bode well for people. And yeah, it's interesting to see where it will go. And of course, interesting to see, like, where advertising will slip in, because it's always with anything new, anything like that, like advertising will always slip in. And we'll kind of figure out like what, morally ethically what should happen um and even like you know the legal side of it as well i think that's always interesting that's something that you know of course we're in 2024 tech and social cannot keep up with the legal side of everything which i think will be an ongoing conversation that we'll have here on the podcast but Getting into the legal side of things, for TikTok, things are a little messy. And so if you are an avid TikTok scroller like Madeline and I, then you probably realize that maybe a lot of songs on your old TikToks are gone. Maybe you're scrolling the For You page, the following page, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Why are all of these songs, mere voiceovers, indie artists, different things, not to knock any indie artist, any any voiceovers, anything along those lines. Um, But there's been some changes on the platform. So Universal Music Group and TikTok could not come to an agreement. So they had a feud and we'll kind of dive into that. But we wanted to talk about this since it's super timely. And we also really wanted to lean into, you know, how do we as social media managers adapt to these changes that happen with without our consent. And we're kind of the ones left to pick up the pieces, like always, right? It's always the social media manager who's thinking on their feet and having to do all these different things. Um, So Madeline, is there anything you want to start us off with your thoughts around what's going on with Universal Times TikTok? Yes. So I highly recommend that every social media marketer out there read this open letter from Universal Music Group to the artist and songwriter community. It was beautifully written, most likely by their PR team and hopefully not chat GPT or, you know, Mm -hmm. again, we're, we're hoping. But there were three points that I wanted to point out. So with all of it being in summary, there the reason why they pulled out is because um, the artists weren't being compensated appropriately for their their work. And then also they're wanting to protect 
the human artist from harmful effects of AI because I don't know about you guys. Like there, there would be songs that I would, again, I know I'm bringing it back to Taylor, but if you're surprised, like we're Swifties, like our, like we are going to have Taylor on the podcast one day, mark my words, but there was, there been like Harry Styles and Taylor mashups that it's cool and it yeah for sure would be a bop but it's also kind of like when I would hear those I'd be like that is creepy and I, I if I were Taylor I I would be a little mad too like I well, excuse me you're using my you're manipulating my voice like and I don't mm-hmm. know Jessica if you've seen some of these things but on Instagram I've seen like these AI or like yeah like pictures of Taylor that I'm like that is not like it looks real but it's not so anyway like that's the scary thing about AI but then the third is obviously online safety for TikTok users so Mm -hmm. really just kicking it off like I highly recommend you read this this open letter um but getting into my takeaways of this I think and you know what what that's going to mean for us as social media managers and marketers is that I think with this expiration, we as social media marketers are going to have to push our creativity to the max. And what I mean by that is we're going to have to challenge ourselves and our clients to come up with trending sounds without it coming across as force. So, you know, the ones that, yeah, aren't music. So the one that I can most recently think about is this TikTok creator. She put air in her ti- in her tires and she, of course, went on to TikTok and she was like, you know, this is something I would normally ask my dad to do. But I was like, hang on. It can't be that hard. Boys do it. And then she's like, hang on boys do it and it's super funny if you don't know what I'm talking about look it up it will it will come up but that's super clever and again the creator wasn't thinking that would become a trending sound but it did and so that's my first thing my second takeaway or thought is that I think we will still see trending music on TikTok however how it gets there or how someone's using it, I think it's going to be shady. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be shady where it's like there, it, it takes a, it, tra- it takes us back to that lime wire time. Again, if you're a nineties baby, when we would also <laughs> be recording like a sound from the radio to be your ringtone or in your voice message, voicemail, you know, where it's just like, it, it's yeah. giving that same energy. It's literally giving that same energy And then my third takeaway or thought is that I also hope everyone listening, whether you are social media manager, like honestly, everybody, that we take the time to truly understand the logistics and legality behind all this. Because I, again, I know Jessica and I keep hinting at an election podcast episode slash episodes, which, like she said in the beginning, we're working on because we want it to be. Take, like when when you pull in like like we we know like we know we have to be careful like we neutral very neutral and so again just the laws like around this stuff like I think we we need to educate ourselves not just for ourselves but our audience and our clients on topics like this so that they understand 
and don't get frustrated or mad with us. Again, granted, Mm -hmm. they probably still will, but like, hopefully not. Hopefully you can come to them with all the facts and be like, here's Mm -hmm. a link to this article. It's out of my control. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. know what you want me to do about it, but I can't, I'm, I'm not like, go, go take it to, literally take it to your politicians. At that point, take it mm-hmm. to your politicians. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, yeah. No, beautifully said in terms of just, I agree. Everyone go read the open letter. Just so important to one, I think have this too, like in part of like our resources as knowing what's happening for those discussions with our clients. But I agree. You know, one thing that really sticks out to me for this is a topic that I see, like we have this conversation so much in the Facebook community with all of you listening. And, you know, that's such a big community. I hope it's, you know, reciprocated here in our podcast listenership as well. But you know, there's always the talk of, you know, and we've talked about it here a couple of times already together, you know, sharing our worth as a social media manager and pricing ourselves for like what we need to be and want to be paid. And, you know, how do we get clients to see that value and that return that we bring? And while yes, there's so many sides to what's happening here with Universal Music Group and TikTok, And of course, what we need to do for it. But I think this is one of those really unique instances that we can come out as social media managers, like we can come out on top in terms of, to Madeline's points of being really creative. Yes, that's going to probably require more creative like brain power from us and more more time spent and more things like that, which of course is going to lean into like you know, being on the verge of burnout and working so much. Mm -hmm. And of course, our own boundaries, all great topics for future episodes. But I really think this is just by understanding what's happening right now with Universal Music Group and TikTok and to Madeline's point of bringing it to your clients, this is a huge selling point of you as a social media manager. And I know Madeline and I have both dealt with imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome, you know, and not knowing if you're like right for this role, it it occurs at so many different levels. And I recently onboarded a client who came like with high regards, kind words of starting the project together, right? Like they inquired, they wanted to work with me, they saw my work, they they wanted to be a part of it. And in the onboarding process, I felt like so out of my element and so so many feelings of imposter syndrome. And one of the reasons why I think I felt out of that is it is a, it's a dream client. And I'll share more about that as we, as I keep working with them and the the project hopefully evolves into a beautiful case study for, you know, numbers for a segment. Um, But, you know, when you're, when you're stepping in to a new level, a higher level, whatever label you want to put on it, it's uncomfortable and your body will immediately like try to get defensive in terms of, wait, no, you can't do that. Stay here, stay small, stay, you know, stay little. And so I always try to keep that in the back of my head. If I'm feeling nervous and if I'm feeling down, if I'm putting myself down, anything like that, I'm feeling, you know, I don't need to feel small. It's, it's literally all just a feeling. So anyway, long soapbox tangent, if you're still listening to to me through that, thank you. But I just wanted to share that because this is having the knowledge of what's going on is is so valuable because our clients 
don't know what's going on. And, you know, I think they should be educated because I think this is a really big issue just for everyone who is who are in creating content on these apps. But they don't need to understand it right away. And they don't necessarily need to go figure it out on their own. And so, you know, it's what's that what's that saying where you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't teach it how to drink. If if I'm butchering that, I'm completely sorry, but I think I'm on the right lines. I'm like known for butchering. Like I'll give you a famous saying. If I'm not visually looking at it, I'm probably quoting it wrong. Um, that's okay. I think you guys know what I'm saying. I can see Madeline nodding as well. I think I got it close, but you know, we can lead our clients to this issue that's happening and we can let them know like what we're going to do to combat it and how we'll be creative and how this is a great opportunity, maybe for something better to come from our work together. And from there, you know, we don't need to explain why this happened or, you know, we don't need to pick a side with TikTok or Universal Music Group or anything, but we just need to educate along that point. So, okay, really long tangent, but I hope I got across <laughs> what I was trying to say there. No, you did. Yeah. And I, I believe you did get that saying correct. Um, yeah. I hope so. If not, that will be, that'll be a funny clip if I do get it wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm getting, I'm, Topics like these excite me. Um, obviously, yes, it is sad that the music is gone from TikTok, but equally so where the, the artists do like they I think uh, as marketers, we can we can relate because it comes back to like copying uh, content, honestly, you know, where it's just like yeah. how we say things like the advice Jessica's giving her client, I'm literally telling my clients the same thing, but you know, it, it, it's different. If the best example I can think of for, of this is I will never forget. It's one of Jessica's most viral posts. And this was back like 2019. If right. Yeah. yeah 2019. Yeah. And Jessica so. made this beautiful, has this beautiful graphic and it has all the social media platforms. We need a, re- we need a, I'm telling you, you need to repurpose this. Like, yeah, because I love it. It's I do literally one of my favorites. I, I think we talked about this a, a, a little bit ago, just since maybe in one of our like side conversations. But I uh-huh. did go back after that conversation and I I screenshotted it because I'm like, you know what? We need to yes. it. Yes. yes, yes. But what it is is she has – it's all the social media icons and she explains like what to do on each. Like Twitter, now X, you know, it's – I, I'm butchering this. I, you need to explain it. And then I can conclude, though, th- people have copied it and, like, would screenshot it. And I this is, like, again, this is going to show our love story to – or, like, our friendship story where it's just, like, when I would see people who try, would literally – post it and I'd be like excuse me what are you doing that's not yours that's not yours yeah yeah no I need to find it because I do have I do have two versions and both versions have been um have been ripped off and it's my super super old branding and I haven't shared it I haven't shared it since because you know I think when something has been ripped off so many times you just kind of almost you know it, it they do say you know imitation is a form of flattery but there's really only so much you can take of seeing the same thing. And so I I remember being constantly tagged in it and, you know, constantly um, being sent screenshots. And I mean, people would literally screenshot it and steal it 
and crop it just to the point where my handle is completely gone. And I'm like, wait, this, what was once a square Instagram graphic is now a lopsided. I don't even know what shape this would be, but it's completely wrong. And now everything's off-centered, which is bothering me as a designer. But anyway, um, it's one of those graphics. So I'll I'll pull it up and we'll definitely recreate it because I think it's so fun. And now it it needs to be updated. Well, I think I updated it maybe one time when TikTok came into play. Um, but I also, of course, need to do a good rebrand for Twitter to X, of course. Um, but it's one of those things where, yeah, it just gets it gets copied so many times. And it, again, in theory, what I was sharing was, you know, the basics of these platforms and how I would describe it to clients or to like a business owner that I had just met. Um, like at a networking event or something, it's like, well, this is your brand. This is how your brand will do really well on this platform versus this one versus that one and so on. And so that's all information that we all have as social media managers and any of any one of us listening, but to take the same thing and to just really call it your own. And I know this happens so much. And Madeline, to this point too, I think I recently saw someone posted a TikTok or a reel sharing how they were completely ripped off like everything like the tiktok was recreated it was an original tiktok they created and someone else created it same hook same text boxes popping up like to me the amount of work that goes into copying that much is Mm -hmm. is insane because i feel like that same amount of time can be spent to really get creative and think about, okay, what can I actually create? Because even though we are all social media marketers, we're all marketing to different industries, like to our, you know, water cooler, like dentistry, like to Maddie, like beauty brands. And there's so many different avenues to go down, but we all have something unique to share. So I do think that this is, it's an interesting time for sure, but I really I really hope it can kind of, I don't know, help us get back to like the basics. Um, And I think that that is maybe a really great episode that we can do kind of in the future as well with, you know, like different things that we think should, I guess it's kind of like, let's bring back, you know, sometime in year, like the ins and outs, but kind of dive into that a little bit more, like the ins and outs of social media marketing, like what can you really do right now? And maybe what should you not give any more energy to? I think that would be a good future episode. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. We're doing that. We're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I this this episode has been so good. I know this one is probably a little bit more of a technical episode than we've done, but we definitely want to share more of that. I think that's what is making this podcast really, I don't know, so corny to say, but come to life, like sharing the fun, sharing the, you know, what's on our feed, but also sharing different things that are happening with like the technical side of social media, with the legal side. There's so many different sides to social media marketing, whether you're a social media marketer, you want to get into the industry. And so I think Mal and I's mission, however we can help equip anyone, we definitely want to. So I'm excited for this to be a part of our bigger conversation. So if again, if you haven't joined Hashtag Managed Collective on Facebook, our free Facebook group, 
go join. We'll do a weekly thread every Monday with the podcast episode. And then you may have noticed with last week's episode, we are starting to leverage Spotify's tools for engagement as well. So we can post a poll or Q&A every week. So we'll have to really think about what this poll and Q&A will be from this week. But if you're a Spotify listener, you can just scroll down. It'll be right under the show notes, which is really cool to kind of interact with the episode that way, which I think is pretty fun. So I'm not sure what exactly that will be. So as soon as we're done <laughs> wrapping up this episode, uh, feel free to go engage in that. And yeah, thank you again. If you made it to this far in the episode and you know this far into the year listening to us, or maybe you're brand new to listening, uh, we really enjoyed you giving your time and being a part of our community. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, hit that follow button. And if you really love us, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening from. And if you want to be one of our online besties, you can shoot us a DM over at hashtag managed on Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Or, you know, you could also share all your deepest, darkest secrets kidding but we mean it when we say you can shoot us a dm we love building real authentic relationships with you 